0: Welcome, podcasters. You are listening to another episode of Tell Me Why, a resource for athletes, coaches, and parents in sport. Co-hosted by Dr. Jenny Christerna and U.S. Speedskating Hall of Fame inductee, Patrick Wentland. This podcast is developed as a resource for athletes, parents, coaches, and referees looking to improve player development and performance. Conversations and opinions expressed on the show are not intended as medical or clinical advice welcome back podcasters today, Dr. Ginny Christerner and I will be having our shoot the shit day We just feel it's a good day to talk about sports in general, see what comes up, and see what see what we can solve and you know we've had a few comments from listeners, and we just kind of want to address those things and see where where this conversation takes us and Jenny, I'm just gonna start out with. To me, the main thing that I love about sports is high performance, and trying to make the athletes better—they better than they've ever thought they could be, reaching the best of the best. And as a coach, as an athlete, uh, I guess I'll start as an athlete. As an athlete, I I always thought I could have done better. I don't know if I ever got to the point where I felt I was better than I have ever could have become. Maybe because I really, we didn't have coaches back then. We didn't have much of direction. We didn't know what we were doing. We were kind of figuring it out as we went. But as a coach, my kind of my goal, one of my main goals is really working with athletes, trying to get them better than they ever thought they could be, reach higher goals, higher achievements, medals, professional sports, Olympics, whatever it is trying to get them there. And that's, that's what my passion is with sports.
1: Okay. <laughs> so everybody, <That's-> so this, <laughs> this is a lot of you all, none of you all actually, I don't think, fully appreciate what happens between Pat and I. And so a lot of our ideas come from stuff like this. And so we we're kind of bogus to each other from time to time. And I'm kind of bogus to Pat from time to time (laughs) and Pat's all easy going. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just having more fun than I probably should, but it is shoot the bleep day. Yeah.
0: And, and that's good. And, you know, I, I guess that's kind of where I was, I was leading the conversation and just Riley trying to like, that's my, my passion about the sports. And, you know, it was different when I was competing, it was more. Win at all costs, and whatever it's going to take. I, you know, most athletes live to win, and we've talked about this a million times. There's that. There's the goals. There's the journey. There's those peak moments where you win those races or events or games or whatever it is. There, everybody's got their thing, and, so and it probably even.
1: This is ahead. what I'm hearing you say. I'm hearing you say, and I, back in my day, we didn't have coaches. Arr. See, <laughs> we to victory. these, these athletes now don't know how good they got it. <laughs> so, so you're, you're OG is what you're saying. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing the underlying tone of original gangster athlete, no coach, all self-driven and these athletes nowadays don't know how good they have it. They have a coach. I think there's, I
0: think there's a little bit of that, but honestly, it's, I don't think, that was good I I think I could have been better and the athletes I trained with could have been better if we actually had organized programs we had funding we had equipment we had coaches that could give us direction Uh, it just was one of those smaller sports that we had no our, our club coaches were just somebody's parent who kind of thought they knew what they were doing and helped out the best they could and did a great job maybe give you a few pointers here and there and there was a national team coach who was a part-time employee and he would travel with us to major international competitions world championships we didn't have world cups or anything man i'm just dating myself i think more than I a
1: little bit pat i'm a. yeah, yeah. a little bit
0: but you know I, I guess that's just kind of my point i'm just saying i think yeah things have changed a lot and i love to see these changes i love to see the progression i love to see what the, these new younger athletes have coming up, they have so many more opportunities, the equipment, the coaching, the training facilities, the, every all of that is just, it's huge and it's exciting.
1: Yeah. And they're spoiled brats is what I'm also hearing you say. <laughs> Look, I'm There's just- There's some of that. And so here's the thing, and, and this is why, actually, I'm glad you brought this this topic up because- I, I ref and so I watch athletes and I watch coaches and I watch parents and I'm just like, are you kidding me? There is no reason given all of this stuff that anybody should be falling short of their personal best, or they don't have an excuse not to achieve. And you hear it all the time. I didn't do it because the ref or my coach didn't, but it's just like, where, you know, where, where's your own sense of you know accountability and, you know, will and determination, and I don't, I don't see as much of that. I saw a lot of that when I was growing up in football. When we watched football or basketball or whatever, like there, there was there was some fortitude there with parents and and with the athletes and coaches. And, and you don't see that now. Now you can't say anything because the kid might be, you know, not as as strong, or, or you know, you might hurt their feelings, which is fair. I'm a, I'm a therapist, but it's sports. Like, you, you can't be a boxer and be like, you hit me in the eye. It's like that, it's it's boxing. You know, or And I get it that people learn differently, but, you know, there are just some things that I think are essential to developing a, a mentally resilient athlete. And I don't know if we found what that is back in your day when, you know, you had that pet T-Rex or whatever, you know, back in your day, <laughs> <laughs> you know. it it was you didn't have much, if anything. Nowadays, everybody has everything. And I I think if we can find something in the middle to to help athletes, parents and coaches build just that metal M-E-T-T-L-E for the athlete and that grit, I I think sports would be even more exciting, to be very honest. Um, And I don't think it needs to be filled with unnecessary suffering, but, but there's some struggle that's supposed to happen in sports. I don't know if people forgot to read that memo, but there's a, a level of emotional struggle that's healthy. We call it optimal frustration in self-psychology. And I just don't see a lot of that.
0: And when we... That's a great point because, yeah, sports is all about improving yourself and making yourself better, pushing yourself. And that is where a lot of people get to that point, well, this is getting a little hard or... This is not what I had planned. It and it's. I think it's the the great athletes that learn to handle that and push themselves through. And I think, yeah, in my way back in my day, we didn't have the technique, the equipment, the, the the trainings. It was just grunted out a little bit more. There were there were some, and it was a little bit more hard work. It was the guy who worked the hardest, not the smartest, that maybe did a little better back then. Now I. I Truly believe it's the smarter athlete, but you still and and two words came to mind when you mentioned that was was ambition and desire, and I yeah. like that metal m e t t l e. The athletes to be a top athlete, I believe you need 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 that ambition and that desire to be top, and I think everybody else who does it to their comfort level is the low to mid-range athlete. And everybody else, I'll let you take take in a second, I see you're ready to go. Everybody else who can devote and push and drive themselves is that upper to professional athlete.
1: You know what I I'm to this is gonna stay connected to sports, but I, I want to say something and it's gonna be a little off topic, but it, it ties back to sports. And it's always nice to see the Olympic training centers, right over in Colorado Springs, over in California, and what have you. And it's like, whoa, look at these state-of-the-art type of stuff. You know, it's beautiful environment surroundings. And a part of me is like, yeah, that's nice. And a part of me is just like, ooh, what are you doing? Like, you get comfortable there. Like, there, there's, there's, it's too comfortable. When, it's when nice. we were. Doing taekwondo, you know, our dojang was like the grunge. It's like you know, the walls were painted, but not anytime time the last twenty years. The masks were all worn, and you know, they functioned in our pa- right? And so that's where you went. It was it was grungy, you know, and that's where all the 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 fighting and the hard work and that grit was created and and and, and sharpened. And you know, it wasn't comfortable at all. And a part of me feels like. We're making athletes so comfortable that some of them are are feeling entitled to win because they have these things outside of them, th- this environment, these equipments, the, the new state of the art equipment, and and what have you. And that because I have these things, that means I should be able to. It's like no, it's here. It's it's right here in your heart, man. If you if you're not fighting for it. Right? If that, that passion starts here, and I wonder if we don't put water on that candle wick where it doesn't burn or burn fully because we give them such nice things. I'm not saying you shouldn't give them nice things, but I'm just saying, like, these are like four seasons nice. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> are we doing? <laughs> like, there there's nothing for them to battle through. I promise you, I wonder about that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point because I think there's a lot to it. Uh, we make life a little softer, a little easier for our kids because we want to make things better for them. There's a lot of topics to discuss on this, but maybe we're putting a little water on that candle you're talking about on their ambition, on their passions, on their desires to to push themselves. Because yeah, sometimes you may push yourself a little harder when life is difficult, when you want to get out of the situation you're in. If it's too comfortable where you're at, I don't need to get out of this. I don't need to get better. I don't need to make this different. I'm comfortable. I'm good. I I'm good right where I'm at. What where the top athletes, the best of the best, those are the guys saying I I want to be better. I want to be the best. I'm not good where I'm at. I am not comfortable. This is not good for me. I want to go from here. To there, and nothing in between, and I'm going to keep going because this I'm not comfortable.
1: And so here here's the thing. <clears throat> so I went to UFC, okay, you know where fun goes to die. But no, seriously, you know UFC is 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 really principled around rigorous debate, rigorous thinking, and 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 you go up with your best argument with your best thought or an idea. And everybody is gonna challenge you on that. Okay. The expectation is that if you miss something, you have to, you know what, you, you have a point, you may have a point, let me go back. And you go back and you rethink that. You have to sit down, you have to go, did I miss something, do they have a point? And you may have to change your argument, your idea something may change. You may realize, God forbid, that you're wrong. And then you come back. Right. But I don't see a lot of that in American sports. I got to be honest. What I see is a a, a growing number of athletes who feel that they are owed something. They're owed something because I've done it this long and I've done it this many times. And so I am the best at it. It's like, no, you have to earn that spot every time you take the pitch, every time you hit the do- the the mat, every time you step on the field. You you earn that spot. All over again. And I I feel like we are doing a huge disservice. A huge disservice because there's not a battle for anything anymore. And the battle only rises to the level of comfort that 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 people can tolerate if not then it's like oh you're, you're you're playing dirty like yeah if you're playing soccer somebody punches you in the throat yeah that's dirty but if they do all of these great tricks and just and outright just beat you it's not because of whatever preconceived implicit biases you have it's because they beat you fair and square and you just weren't ready for it i don't hear yeah. that anymore and that yeah. that makes me, that makes me concerned, because when we leave the United States to compete with other countries around the world, or say, we just stay in the United States, and we go in different areas where we we don't expose ourselves to, and they come out with something whoosh. We don't know how to handle that. yeah, and I, I, get, I get worried about that, to be honest with you, and and I don't think that parents help. I think sometimes parents, you know, they they reinforce that type of mentality. Well, my kid and my kid and my kid is like, well, your kid—it's not that your kid is good or bad. Your kid just wasn't as good as this particular kid. Like, what's wrong with that?
0: Yeah, I heard uh, a line yesterday. I'm I'm going to try and try and repeat. I'm going to butcher it a bit, but it it goes along that that line, and it talked about how, you know, our, our the generation. And the gen- changes in generation and our, our greatest generation, like the World War II generation, where these guys, they suffered. They had the recession. They had World War II. Their parents were in World War I. They had to work. And then they worked to make it comfortable for the next generation and the next generation. And you're, you're always working to make it more comfortable. And we get softer until we get too soft. And then we get stuck going back down that rabbit hole and the world falls apart a little again. And we have to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. Life gets a little difficult. We have our tough generation again and rebuild. And I guess, I, I haven't it's, been around long enough, but I, I guess that this is a cycle that happens. Yes. And we are in that cycle right now where we have provided for our kids very well. We have gotten softer. Our kids are really soft. In in general, not overall. I mean, not. Ever, I've seen, I've seen some kids that are. These kids are tough. They they know yeah. how to pick themselves up. But in general, overall, yes, they're very. Um, just trying to think of the word. They're they, they feel like they are owed. Where title you, you get in in my book, you got to earn something, especially in sports. In sports, is a great way to look at that. Where yeah, no one owes you anything. If you want to get to that top of that podium you're going to work for it because no one's going to hand it to you. Yeah, you could play one of those sports where everybody gets a trophy, but not everybody is standing at the top of that podium.
1: Absolutely. And and that's kind of the point. That entitlement, that sense of entitlement is, it, it, this isn't just about sports. And this is what I, I think makes me so passionate about it. <clears throat> this is about how you have have just... What's the word I'm looking for? How how you've conditioned the mindset of a a kid. When they get out into the world as adults, when they have relationships and children and get married, you have set them up for failure. You know, people don't realize that when you get married, marriage, all relationships, but definitely marriage is an attempt to complete childhood. Any conflict is an opportunity for growth to happen. If you've eliminated conflict, if everybody's kid is the prince and everybody's kid is the princess, yep. what 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 do you think is going to happen? Now, I'm yeah, not you saying eliminate. that you, you should beat your kid down. And I do know what you're talking about because I, I saw that as well. And it is a cycle in that it one begets the other and we end up back where we started maybe a little further down on the continuum but it's the same process there's nothing new under the sun but i do think pat that that we as parents can, are responsible and for and can help our provide that balance for our kids to fight for something to have a battle for something not to the death like world one and two but to develop some grit and to be told once enough Freaking wild! It is not about you. Or told, yeah. no, what you didn't, you you didn't win it. It doesn't define who you are. It, you just didn't win this one. I I was at a game, a rougher game, a soccer game where the coach comes up to me. They put their B team on. This was a throwaway game. It Wasn't a conference game. The school that they played, they thought they were going to beat hands down, probably seven nine zero. Mm-hmm. So they put their B team on and it was an evenly matched game and those kids played their heart out. And do you know what the coach said to me? 70 something minutes into the game out of an 80 minute game. He says, if you would have called that game better, he wouldn't have got hurt. I'm like, it was a... there was no foul. But I let him finish what he had to say because he made every excuse why they weren't winning 7-0. They won 1-0. Nice. And so it's that kind of mindset that was so disappointing. This was not about calling the game tighter as your team was freaking losing. This was about your team. If anything, finally found a team that can give them a run for their money. And you put your B team in. If you wanted to win 7-0, put your A team in. Yeah. No sense of accountability. Not even using that opportunity to go, you know what, pass the ball. You're not, they're just as fast as you. If you can't beat them, get the ball off your feet. But no, they found someone else to, to try to pin that on, as opposed to using that as an opportunity to teach that kid or that team, hey, when you are head to head with somebody who is just as good as you, You're going to have to think differently. You're going to have to battle differently in this game. And so as they get older, what do you think is going to happen when they're in corporate America or they're trying to start their own business? Yeah. You didn't give me a chance. Well, let's ask the question that underlines all of that. How come? Why do you think that is? Not because you did anything good or bad, but just reflecting. Why do you think that is? so you can go back and save yourself and maybe change some things that is what sports teaches kids and and, and parents and coaches that is what sports is, is is intended to do it teaches you how to lose it teaches you how to reflect on what you can do different what do i need to learn man i never saw that before what was that thing yeah it teaches you to have a sense of of what's that word? Sportsmanship. How often do you even see sportsman? That's like a whole, you know, that's next to your pet T Rex. That's a thing <laughs> way back <laughs> in the day. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Sportsmanship is. What
0: does that mean?
1: Right. Right. I, yeah. I feel like I'm watching Karate Kid, the original version, all over again, except for at the end, the guy doesn't realize, you know, he was playing dirty It doesn't yeah. own it.
0: Yeah. It's funny, I look at that and I see points where I I talk about parenting. There's definitely, I look back, my daughters are in college now, but there's definitely points where I'm like, yeah, I could have definitely, instead of picking them up and helping them out of every difficult situation, had them figure it out, learn through that situation, take on that challenge and figured out themselves. I didn't do it every time, but there were times, I think there were probably more times where I could have let them figure it out for themselves and they would have gained more for it. They both turned out really good, but uh, they could have learned more. They could have handled more channels and built up their confidence in the same way. And I, I really like where you went with that because as I've talked about over and over again, I would much rather work with that athlete with a ton of desire and ambition over the talented guy that, and I've I've dealt with this, that, that athlete with all that desire and want and drive and ambition, they're going to do anything you ask them. They're not going to get bogged down by roadblocks or challenges. They're going to jump on things and they're going to take it all the way where the, not always, but. A lot of we've talked about this. A lot of times, that guy with that natural ability who hasn't really had to push themselves in life, things get a little difficult, and they're like, eh, "Let me go find something else to do because this isn't really for me." And I'm all about the uh, the drive and desire and ambition in athlete. I think that's way underrated in this world, but it can take them a long way.
1: But where does that you know? How do you develop that? We had a podcast some times ago. It was like two days after you got rid of your pet T Rex. But we had a a podcast about how do you develop ambition, and you develop it in 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 that in that in that when you're when you're down, and you yeah. might be down for several seconds. You might be down for several games or several seasons. I mean, look at the Cubs. Look at the Bears. It's about I don't give up. What am I learning? What am I doing? And and it's in that place where where you've fallen short, not failed, but you've fallen short that you keep trying to figure out what did I do? What am I doing? How can I get better at this? That that is where desire and ambition is 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 created. That that is the pot that it gets cooked in. Like some people simmer on low, some people, you know, they get cooked on high. I mean, a little too fast, some take a little longer and somewhere in the middle is just right. But the whole point is that when you learn to battle for something, because you said something, this phrase that I don't even know if, if it's even said anymore, the last maybe 10 years, I haven't heard it. When I've said it to, to athletes or, or coaches, they look at me like, what does that mean? And it's nobody's gonna give you anything. And I I told all of my kids that when they were doing sports, and excuse my French, but I'll say nobody's gonna give you a damn thing. Not one person on this planet owes you anything. Whatever you want, you gotta take it. Yeah. And I don't mean in the you know, being right. you know dirty yeah. or anything like that. But you you are going to have to make it so unclear. I remember so clear. I remember when my oldest was competing at uh qualifiers for for taekwondo, and he was fighting this kid, and the referees they didn't count the body shots. That was before the electronic sensors. He was pop, 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 and you could hear it. And I had to scream, you're gonna have to knock him out. Yeah. Because that will be clear right. everybody get quiet yeah and i remember the kid he he didn't knock him out but a solid head the game was done right and it is not intended to be malicious it is that at some point you are going to have to adapt to the environment that you're in because if they're not gonna give it to you and it's being played fair and square because they have a favorite then now you're going to have to make it clear. This was clearly a point. Yeah. So obvious, whether it's on the football field, right? Without you hurting anybody, whether it was on um, the soccer pitch, whether it was on the baseball diamond, whatever sport you play, you're not going to have it in your favor all the time. It it won't always be fair because life isn't fair. And sometimes even when you're clearly the winner, you are going to lose. That is life and sport is life. And if we don't teach our athletes that beginning with the coaches and, and with the parents, then we've set these kids up for nothing good. Yeah. We set them up to not learn how to be good partners and good parents or whatever. And, 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 and that, that is what sends a society down that rabbit hole again.
0: Yeah. And it, it, I even like how you compare it to relationships. So as soon as things get hard, the grass is always greener somewhere else. You know, you it, know. like you said, we set them up as soon as things get difficult. I'm out of my comfort zone. And I'll go try something else. They got to learn any athlete, anybody in life has to learn to take on challenges, look at it as challenge. I'm This is going to make me better and, and defeat it. And it's funny that you, you, Picked up on that one saying because I still to this day tell my athletes all the time because they're looking at me like oh I've been working real hard I've been I I should win this and I'm like no one's going to give this to you I mean I know you think you should win it but I guarantee every other athlete you're out there against is thinking the same thing and they're not going to give you an inch you may think you've earned that inch from them but they're not going to give you diddly so if you want it. You're going to have to hurt, and push yourself, and take on that challenge, and go out and take it from them because they are not going to give it to you.
1: And I, I love you know, when you go said. back. Oh, yeah, go no, I, love when, I love when you said, you know, I worked hard for it. It's like, well, hell, so did everybody else. You act like you're the yeah. only one working hard for this. That's a good thing that you're working hard. That's the baseline. FYI, athletes and parents and coaches, the baseline is to work hard. Yeah. That, that that that's a that's a requirement. That's the minimum standard. Everybody is working hard and their heart is all relative. So make sure you're working hard is the best working hard and the effort you are putting in is your best effort because everybody else presume is working hard and putting in their best effort.
0: That goes back to even a conversation we had a few weeks ago where no matter how hard you're working, there's always someone out there that's working harder. Mm-hmm. Someone that's put in a little bit more time, a little bit more dedication, a little bit more perfection. They're working better. They're working harder. You've taken maybe one or two days off or taken it easy one at a time, or maybe only given 80% where they're given it 110. I guarantee you, yes, you've worked hard, but I guarantee you one, somebody in your competition has been working harder. There's absolutely. always somebody out there.
1: And even if you're working hard, yet yeah, I'm not saying you should work seven days a week, 365. You know, you should absolutely take a break. But when you're present, be present. Be present. Be a 100% there. And when we were doing Taekwondo, taekwondo when we were in the Dojang, it, you... Are 100% here your mind isn't wandering because that's what will get you knocked out if you don't discipline and still your mind that is what will get you in trouble every time just because you have won all these games and you've been great in all these other competitions doesn't mean you're gonna beat the, the next one the underdog I tell people is the one you need to look out for because they have nothing to lose They have absolutely nothing to lose. And I promise you they didn't read the memo that they were supposed to lose. I promise you they didn't read that memo. They took that memo and tossed it straight in the garbage. So it's all relative. Take care of yourself. Take care of your body. Take care of your mind. When you are at practice and when you are competing, you need to be 100% there. And whatever that best is for you, that's okay. You're going to build up over time to being better and being able to hold more. You know, Patrick, you're, 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 you're a little lot actually older than me. You know, I'm, I'm still in my <laughs> No, but I'm never going to be able to compete with you. I, I can't. I haven't trained as long as you have. I haven't done everything you've done. I don't even know how to skate. Fun fact, I just don't. So my best today is never going to be your average any day. So everybody, if they just focused on doing their best and being safe and comfortable enough to admit when they fell short, I promise you, everyone, I, I promise you, you'll get to that destination of being better and better and better a lot more quickly, a lot more uh, gracefully. It's when you can't admit that I, I I just got beat today. Or I, I can't measure up at that level. People try to play up all the time. That's great. But don't get mad because you didn't win. If you know you're playing up, you've just learned yeah. a lot. But if we can't even accept our defeats with grace, I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a huge point, Jenny, that you brought up. And we've touched on it a little bit before, but and being present, giving your hundred percent is Such a huge point. And and I think if everybody can get one thing out of this podcast today, that is one different point that is going to move you ahead of others out there. If Mm -hmm. you can, at every practice, make sure you are 100% focused on what you are doing, you can still have fun. You can still joke around. You can still enjoy your teammates. But if you can, every time you step on that field, rink, ice, court, whatever it is, be going 100% dedicated to what your task is and try to make that improvement. It's something I've been working with, with the athletes I've been training lately. And every time we step out for an interval, I've been asking them like, so, so what are you focusing on? And they're like, just go going faster. I want to go faster. I'm like, so how are you going to do that? What, what are you working on to fix to do that? So lately, every time when they're in the middle of an interval, I'll I'll yell out to them, "So and so, what are you doing? What are you What are you focusing on?" And they're like trying to get lower. I'm I'm working on my corners. I'm working on my steps. For so for years, they would just literally be stepping out there, not having something that they're working on. They're just going through the motions and wondering why they're not improving. So again, like I, I tell you, athletes and coaches. If you can get yourself to focus on Mm -hmm. one thing every time you step on that field, court, pool, whatever it is, you're going to be rising above your competition. But you have to, you have to get yourself out of that comfort zone and you have to teach yourself to be able to work on at least one thing every time you're out there.
1: Absolutely. And I, I, I think... I know for me that my passion comes through when, it, when I'm talking about accountability and when I'm talking about ownership. And in large part, it's because that is how we save ourselves. That is how we get comfortable enough to be uncomfortable. You know, I was talking to my hairstylist today, and and, and it's ironic because you know me, I get my hair done every two weeks, and he was great, talking. By the way. Thank you, it's curly. So <laughs> so he was saying how he. In building his brand, he's now traveling and teaching people how to work on natural hair, especially biracial hair—not just black and white, but just biracial hair because it's it's different. How do how do we teach stylists who might not have been trained to do that? And so I, I said, "That is awesome! Congratulations!" And he said, I, "I I held back because I made mistakes, and I, I wasn't sure if I was good enough because I I, I made a mistake here or there." And then he said he realized that he was like, that's how I learn. Yeah. And I said, yeah, that's the human condition. That is how we learn is through our mistakes. But if we feel shame because we've made a mistake, because we've lost, you can't learn anything and you'll stay stuck there until you do. Until you allow yourself to go, I'm human. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I'm I'm human. I'm not going to be on 10 every time. Today, I might be on five and that might be my 10. And we've had that conversation. And I'm okay with that because that was my best that day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, and it's, again, I go back to the challenges in life. If if you're not challenging yourself, if you're not making mistakes, you're not getting better. You have to be able to continuously learn to push yourself past whatever situations you're dealing with and improve on it. It's, it's what makes you better. You have to get yourself out of your comfort zone and learn when the the old saying "The going gets tough, you got to get it going. You can't just like back down and be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, this is good for me. And and that's your comfort zone. If that's as good as you ever want to be, then that's perfect for you right there.
1: Yeah, but if and there's you, no adjustment to that.
0: Right. And and if yep. you're aiming to be the best and you're not willing to put yourself out of your comfort zone, then you have no one else to blame but yourself. And you gotta figure out a way to want it more. Push Absolutely. yourself more, gain a little more desire.
1: And and you said something, Pat, that that really resonates with me, and that if 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 you don't want to push yourself, and then you said something a little earlier in our conversation. Which uh I'm trying to remember exactly how you said it. Now I've got the whole thought. And listeners, this is what happens in our podcast often. I lose my thoughts.
0: That's that old age <laughs> thing you're talking about.
1: Am I inching up one young? Okay. You are.
0: It's something I'm already dealing with.
1: <laughs> and, and and I think that part of of what what happens for us as as we Oh, found the thought, found the thought. And the thought is, you're going to hate what you do. You're going to hate what you love at least three dozen times in your yep. life. And so I, that's that's the thought I wanted to have, and it it came back to that. So when you're doing a sport, and say you love the freaking sport, and you've had a bad run of it, a horrible, horrible run of it, that's normal to want to give up and be like, oh, screw this. <clears throat> I quit. Who yeah. hasn't? I've had that. I think it was like last night. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> and I love what I do. And sometimes yeah. we get so frustrated because we're stuck in a place and we can't get ourselves out of it. We don't know why we're here and we can't see the forest for the trees because we're in it. That's part of it. There is not anything you will choose in life, whether it's your career, your family, your 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 marriage or or, or partnership, that that will not give you that kind of angst, that kind of, oh my God, That, whenever you get to that point, folks, that is that point where you break through. And whenever you back away from it, you go back deeper to where you came from and where you fought so hard to come out of. So when you're there at that point, that's when you go, you take that big, audible, freaking sigh, and you just go, I'm here. What am I doing and you have—that's the moment of truth where you can be completely and wholly honest with yourself. You can lie to everybody else on this planet so long as you don't lie to yourself. Once you start lying to yourself about why you're stuck in this place, mm, that is the ultimate betrayal. Yeah. You know, it's
0: funny. It—that it, brings me back a little bit to the best of the best. If you look at the Michael Jordans, the Michael Phelps, these guys that. Are, are on the top, have been on the top for many years. Mm-hmm. And people think, I think a lot of people look at that and say, okay, you know, these just guys are so good that they just must be coasting now. They're, they're just hanging out on the top and loving it. I guarantee you there's nothing further from the truth. And they got that taste of being on the top. They got that taste of winning. And they work even harder to maintain it. I don't know either of them personally. I've heard stories about their training. But once you get used to being that good and that dominating, you work even harder to maintain it, harder than you did to get there. And you keep going because it feels good, it tastes good, and you love it. And I know the chances I've had when I've won, I'm like, this is pretty freaking sweet. And I'm going to do everything I can to keep there and and to keep going. And I think that's another part of that whole conversation of getting there, making yourself better and better and better. But even after you're the number one guy, what are you going to do at that point? You can't sit back and rest. That's the time to even like dig in and work even harder and get there. So don't be thinking, listeners out there, that once you get to that point, you oh, I've done the work. It's easy street for me now. Well, that you're not going to last that long on top.
1: And, and and you said something that's really important. And I want to I want to translate this into something that might be tangible to a couple folks who are who might be chewing on this. Once you break through that ceiling where you're like ah, oh, you have to have that audible sigh and you push through it. Guess what? that is now your new baseline. That is now your new baseline. Going down feels so foreign. It feels so weird to go back because now you have a new baseline. So now it's easier. It's challenging, but it's easier for you to be here and maintain this because this is now your new baseline. And this is why it's harder for people to catch up because that's not their baseline. So when when you push yourself through those places when you're stuck, you've now reached a new baseline and you might plateau there. But even then, you know, with the Michael Jordans of the world, he's lost games. He's missed more shots than he made. We've just remembered the memorable shots. And he's had that saying about that. But I, I remember reading actually a couple of days ago where... There was this meme that that they made about Michael Jordan and Pippen and then LeBron and them or, or whoever, and they go, I think it was LeBron, I, I don't know very much about the basketball stuff, he said, hey, you know, we, we won game seven. And he was all excited, and then the meme has Michael Jordan and, and, and Pippen going, what's a game seven?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
1: That what's is a game-
0: great.
1: Exactly. Right. Oh my gosh, that is a great one. And I'm not yeah. downing any of the game 7 folks now the young yeah. the young but what I'm I'm saying to your point is people when you've reached a, a, a true you know goat standard you don't let anybody get close to you. You never let it get to a game 7 for example. You yep. finish it and you finish it early. It's done. You never drag out anything because as soon as you drag something out, you've given the, the the opponent an opportunity to catch up. You shut that down. And so in life, whatever you want and you go for it, you go for it. You go for it with wisdom and grace and 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 balance and humanness. And you don't apologize for it. But it can't be all of one and none of the other because the pendulum will swing back. There has yep. to be a focus, and then at some point there has to be some diffusion. And at the end of a of a of a competition, whether it's a, a soccer match, a, a taekwondo fight, a boxing fight, whatever, a speed skating, the, the 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 masculine energy, as we call it in energy work, is the focus. The feminine energy is the diffusion, is sharing it, and that is the sportsmanship. So while you're in and you're competing and you're training, you use all of that focus for that thing. And when it's done, then you share. You say thank you. You have the grace, and they do go together.
0: Yep. Great stuff, Jenny. I, I really liked where our kind of shoot the shit segment today is is gone, <laughs> we- and we 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 are running out of time. So I think as we typically do, let's try and close up with a little takeaway that we'd like our listeners to really think about. And I'll start. I think for me, again, we've talked about this. Our very first podcast was on developing your passion in the sport. And today we talked a lot about what it takes to be better or the best or get yourself better than you thought you could be. And I'm gonna go back to that passion, that ambition, that desire. These are the things that you need. You have to have that. You have to get yourself out of your comfort zone. You have to accept the challenges that you get handed to you that come across your way, those hurdles, you have to look at them as something that's gonna make you better. Not like, oh, one more challenge. What am I gonna do? I'm tired. You have to look at them as, yes, I got another challenge and I'm going to beat this sucker and I'm going to put what I got into it and make myself better. So that's going to be my takeaway. Look at your challenges as opportunities, improve your desire, improve your ambition, improve your passion. Go for, If this is what you want, if this is really what you want, prove it, show it and do it. And that, that's going to be my wisdom for today.
1: I like it. That was very wise indeed. I'm going to listen to it again after we record this. Yeah. Um, okay. my my takeaway for folks is is two. Nobody's giving you anything, so stop crying about it. Like because life isn't fair and sports is getting you ready for life. Learn how to accept the outcome, win or lose, and accept it with grace because that is what it is. So stop crying about it. You go back and you reflect, what do I need to do better? What happened? Whatever it is you need to do, but learn how to take responsibility for whatever role you played. Doesn't mean it's your fault. It means that what could I have done differently? So that's my first takeaway. The second takeaway that I have for folks is really being able to sit down and understand that. Those moments where you feel like you're being overwhelmed and it's starting to get heavy. You take a big sigh and it needs to be an audible and realize I'm in the dirt. I can either feel like I'm being buried or I'm being planted and I'm emerging. It's your choice. Lotus emerges from the mud every night it grows from freaking mud the most beautiful flowers and roses the thing that we the things that we see that that makes landscaping beautiful those are born in dirt they are seeds and they fight their way out of the dirt and then when they hit the threshold and they have the sun they keep growing and they keep growing and they keep growing so you can choose to look at it as you've been buried Every challenge is burying you, or you can choose to look at it in that every challenge to your point is helping me to grow. I'm in the dirt and I am breaking through. I'm growing out of this dirt. And these challenges are my nutrients. This is my food. This is how I grow. I might not like beans, but I need to eat beans. I might not like veggies, but I need veggies. So it's up to you to choose how you look at those.
0: Great stuff, Jenny. I love it. This is some great information for our listeners. And I think listeners, we're going to call it there for the day. And thank you for listening to us. Again, find us on your favorite streaming system and follow us and like us and give us your thoughts. Let let me know what you want to listen to and any comments you have on our previous segments. And we'll end it there. Thanks again, listeners. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week.
1: Hi. <laughs> Just-